0: Good morning, everybody. How are you? Hope all is well. Welcome back to another episode of Shot of Philosophy. Today, we're back in Marcus release's meditations. And I think this excerpt or this meditation Marcus is writing for himself connects really nicely to the one um, we talked about yesterday. So this is number 12 in book 10. He's asking himself, why all this guesswork? You can see what needs to be done. If you can see the road, follow it, cheerfully without turning back. If not, hold up and get the best advice you can. If anything gets in the way, forge on ahead, making good use of what you have on hand, sticking to what seems right. The best goal to achieve and the one we fall short of when we fail. Then 12A, Right after that, it says, to follow the logos in all things is to be relaxed and energetic, joyful and serious at once. So, I like this as a follow-up to yesterday's because it sort of, I think, gives us a little bit of a road map, even in saying that, sticking with the analogy he's providing here, um, to avoid that sense of frenziedness or avoid being in a a state of frenzy. Right. And I think the importance, the importance of this is again, we see him using the power of self-questioning, right. Which is something we've talked about a few times, asking ourselves questions. I'm going to try to start making the titles of each episode, a question or two that pertains or connects to the quote. I think that's a good idea. I'm surprised I haven't started doing that already. I might even go back and try to do it because I think that's really a meditative act, right? Questions encourage us to meditate, to reflect. And by meditate, I'm defining that in like the Socratic sense of the word, which is like to have an internal dialogue with ourselves. So that's what a question does. So I'm imagining, once again, as I often do, I try to imagine what Marcus might have been thinking or going through at the time. He's having a day where he's confronting frenzy here, right? And we talked a little bit about designing your day, the importance of focusing on what's in front of us, living in the moment, living in the day. Just last night, I was talking to a friend of mine, like planning six months from now or planning four six months from now shouldn't be something we do too much, that has to be a takeaway. That has to be something we finally just learn as a result uh, of everything. You know, as a result of this philosophy, as a result of of COVID, right? We have to maybe learn to live in the moment, learn to live for the day and respect the day more, right? And I, I think to respect the day really in, you know, in a large way and, and in a powerful sense is to respect ourselves, is to respect our lives. We're going to talk about living in the moment, I think, a lot on this podcast. I'm actually not sure how much it's come up yet with meditations, strangely, because he does talk about it quite frequently. So I think it'll come up if it hasn't already. But that was one of the things I immediately get from this excerpt. Right. You have to see the road, then you have to walk on the road. You have to move. That only happens in the moment. Okay. Making good use of what you have on hand. Well, that's this moment. That's this day. You don't have the future on hand. You don't have the past on hand. So to make good use of what you have on hand to me is like, what am I going to do today? And then just do that thing. And then let the days, let the actions add up. And that's again, to stick with the analogy, that's the step. The only way you get down the road, regardless of how long it is, is one foot in front of the other. Right. So using that, using today, using this moment, and trying to focus our thinking, feeling, and acting around the day. Right. Because also too to decrease our guesswork, the future inherently. Whenever we talk, talk, or think about the future, we're really guessing. Right. Even with the day. Right. There's a large extent to which even that is future based. Right. Because you think about what you're doing this afternoon in the morning, for example. He's not saying get rid of all the guesswork. He's asking why all this guesswork? Why so much? Well, some of that might because also he's thinking about the future too much. The future, even the past, right? Did that happen? Like it's blurry, it's foggy and that's okay. That's life, right? But we can't live there for too much of life. Living in the day, living for the day, respecting the day is a way of respecting yourself. And it's a way of eliminating at least a large portion of the guesswork we're doing. The future is a lot of guessing. The past, maybe a little bit less guessing, and the present is the least guessing. The greatest amount of certainty is in the moment, in the day. And that's, again, the thing we have on hand, the thing we should use. So then he connects, I think, very practically to this idea of like living up to your own expectations, right? You can see what needs to be done. Well, you have to see that first. And that's where some meditation, some thoughtful leisure, right? Allowing yourself to think, making time for that on a daily basis, right? Tuning the world out, tuning into yourself, right? That's how you need, that's how you learn what needs to be done. Here's who I would like to be. Okay, well, what needs to be done? That's a really important conversation. If you can see the road, follow it. And I like that he says, if too, we need to make sure we see the road. Also, I mean, this is like a lot of stoicism in one paragraph, right? To do that cheerfully. To move on that road cheerfully implies, well, amor fati, things will go wrong. How do we make peace with that? How do we learn to love our path that we're currently on? When when in the moment it might, you know, something unchangeable occurs or there's an obstacle in the way. But the path is important. The path is more important than the pain or the discipline or what have you required by the obstacle. So we move through it get the best advice. Once again, think it no shame to accept help. It's a great idea from Marcus Aurelius. So don't, you know, when confronted with an obstacle, don't just panic and turn back. Even if you don't have the answer, think, dig within yourself, but also ask for advice and go anywhere for advice. Go to friends, family, significant other, Google, whatever, learn before you give up. Right. I think that's another stoic idea too. The obstacle is an opportunity to learn something in addition to our successes. A lot of people turn around because they don't learn from their failures. And I think a lot of us too fail because we don't learn from our successes. It's not enough to say, Oh, I got it done. Well, what did I do there? And that I think is a very cool meditative question to ask ourselves. Should I had a really good day today? Well, what did I do? Why am I feeling this way? What might be causing me to feel this way? And is some of this something I can repeat? Is it something I could even maybe try to improve upon further? Analyzing that too, right? That's a part of this idea of the road. Then I think in 12a, I like these states of being, he tells us to try to embody, right? Be relaxed, energetic, joyful, and serious at once. So I'm not sure if that means, I doubt that that means all at the same time, although I think that's actually kind of possible to an extent. I'm really big on the idea of kind of approaching life generally with a sense of like serious playfulness, which doesn't make sense, but that's sort of why it does, right? It's like not everything is a game, but it kind of is. Like There's a sense that we can always add a little bit of joy and playfulness and get always in quotes, obviously not always, but I think that's a good thing to strive for. Um And that's what he's suggesting here. Let's even say at once, maybe just meaning right now, right? But then again, it's like, how do you do all this at once? So I think let's once again, frame it with the day. If throughout the day you made time or you made efforts and used your energy and set the aims to be at times relaxed and other times energetic, other times joyful, then some parts of the day serious, that's a pretty well-rounded day. If you're serious about being focused and being attentive towards tasks at work, for example, and then at other times at work, you let yourself relax, then you get home and you do the same thing. Maybe you want to have some serious time where you're listening to someone and you're trying to provide them with advice, and then you make time to be joyful with them, right? So these are interesting states of being that, again, if we embody them a little bit each day, all of them, that's a pretty well-rounded day. And also I think these ideas of being relaxed, energetic, joyful, and serious also start eliminating some of the guesswork, right? Cause it's, well, how should I, well, what should I feel on a daily basis? What should my ways of being sort of be modeled after? Well, maybe a little bit of relaxation. Then you want to have some di- parts of the day where you're really energetic. Then you want to be joyful and then you want to be serious and there, there can be seriousness in your joy and there can be joy in your seriousness you can be seriousness and you can be serious and joyful and you can be joyful and serious right so again i think this is great because when we talk about as we did last episode a little bit designing the day getting rid of some frenziness this is you know or i think these are some really good details and this is a good excerpt to get us thinking about that the metaphor of the road i think is really cool just keep walking forward choose a direction and just go Is it a good direction? Is it a right direction? We can even, once again, as always, think about the four stoic uh, virtues, right? Is it just? Is it true? Am I expressing courage, right? Am I controlling myself to my own benefit and to the benefit of others? That in and of itself, pursuing those virtues is a road, right seeing what needs to be done again only happens through meditation and asking for advice and meditating on that advice and we need to do that we are responsible for that the question we asked a few episodes ago of about you know daily life i think it, i kind of situated it there probably are you busy or are you actually purposeful and what are the differences between those two things so this to me is reminiscent of that and it's you know again are you just guessing constantly Or do you sort of know what direction you're going in and are you moving in that direction soundly or correctly, cheerfully? And if your life, you know, I I think also one, one idea that I kind of get stuck on too, that I really actually struggle with is sometimes I don't care enough about being joyful or cheerful. Sometimes if I'm connected to an idea or a goal, I'll, forget about cheerfulness and joy, and I'll just power through. And I think that's okay at times. Um, And Ryan Holiday actually comments on this nicely when he's remarking on the Stoics. He's like, you know, they don't talk about joy enough. And he includes a couple examples where they do. I think it was Seneca, like observing, like, you know, children playing and being, oh, look how pleasant that is, you know. So I think there might be more room for us to work some joy into this Stoic philosophy on our own, Uh, maybe looking at some modern Stoics too. Ryan Holiday, one of them. Massimo Pagliucci, I think we could look at some of his work and, and see how they work in joy because there, there seems to be somewhat of an absence of of that conversation at times at least um, that isn't great. Right? We need to work that in. I think for me, my natural personality, I sort of default to a stoic in a sense because I tend to enjoy you know, controlling myself like I, I like discipline. Like I think that I thrive in a, even just in, in a daily life where I'm very disciplined. I think I get a lot out of that. But sometimes that discipline is that, let's say that there's a cost there and the cost for me can be cheerfulness and joyfulness. So I love that he's mentioning it here. And for me, I think this is something I have to remind myself of. So I even will turn to the Epicureans a little bit who were a competing school uh, you know, in the ancient times, in, in the ancient world, with the Stoics, and Marcus references them a couple times in his Meditations too positively. Other Stoics as well mentioned the Epicureans and other schools. I know I mentioned this right the Stoics, and again, in quotes because some of them disagreed. Others of them were not like this as much, but there were a number of Stoics who were open about. Looking at other schools, seeing what they offered, and not just doing that with the intention of proving them wrong, right? But instead, seeing what they could offer that might be useful for them. So, I think the real Stoic is open to learning from other types of philosophies. So, please also keep that in mind because we've been doing Stoicism for like, you know, over a month now. This is not the only philosophy we will cover on the podcast. It's not the only one I am a supporter of, nor is it the only one I would think anyone should uh, limit themselves to. So, that being said, for me, because I love the ideas of being disciplined, finding the road, following the road, you know, turning obstacles into opportunities and trying to sort of cultivate, even to an extent, maybe falling prey to like the modern conception of stoicism that it's like, you know, just sort of push through, power through. Um, I think I'm generally a very expressive person, but I don't express when I'm struggling with stuff, I kind of keep that to myself. And maybe that's not the best idea either. But ultimately, I think for me, where I'm going where I'm going with this is we have to think about joy. So I'll think about the Epicureans. And one of the questions I'll try to make sure I ask myself every day revolves around joy. And to use the Epicurean word revolves around pleasure, right? And I kind of just for the sake of my daily life and how I interpret the Epicureans is like, I really want to make sure I enjoy things like what I eat. I really want to make sure I enjoy things... Like, for example, I'm drinking cannoli coffee right now because I want to enjoy coffee a little bit more. Me, a few months ago, wouldn't care. I wouldn't even let myself taste the coffee. It's, it doesn't matter. It's 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 function over taste. But now I'm like, no, Like let me tune into this. Let me see if there's some coffee that might taste a little bit better. I drink this every day. Why not add to the function a little bit more enjoyment, a little more pleasure? Small example, but it's something I do every day, so you know, I don't want to think of it as small. And that question too of, right, You know, even with the food, and I use it as an example because I practice intermittent fasting, which is something the Stoics, I think, would agree with. The Stoics, um, I want to find some, actually, I want to find some passages if they exist, because I'm sure I've encountered them, but I can't remember right now, where the Stoics mention fasting. But again, for me, the fasting is a way to cultivate that self discipline as a Stoic virtue. And it has a lot of, I think, physical benefits, which at this point are secondary, the primary and main and most important benefit I get from fasting, I think is spiritual and emotional. Um, a lot of that comes from discipline and a lot of it too comes from gratitude about food, right? Or for food that results from fasting. I think it helps me focus more. I definitely drink more water because of it, which is healthy. So there are a lot of benefits there, but I have to realize that it's not just about fasting. I have to turn on my Epicurean switch and really let myself enjoy the food that I eat and ask myself not only about whether the food is healthy and when I should eat it, but I want to enjoy it. I want to enjoy it, right? I want to taste it, and I want to enjoy the taste of it as well. Because at that point, too, I think I'm creating a really healthier relationship um, with myself, right? To, To just be the stoic and not even care about how food tastes, right? I think Marcus comments on this. If not, it's definitely other Stoics have done it, but like not being too indulgent with food is definitely a Stoic idea. Right. I think Ryan holiday, once again, comments on Marcus, his eating habits, like, you know, he, he didn't live to eat. He ate to live. And I think that's cool. I think generally, but I still think you want to enjoy food, right? You want to create a system where food is serving you ultimately, right? It's keeping you healthy. It's helping you be energetic. Um, but also you want to enjoy the taste, right? Even like to go with the Stoics for a little bit, right? Obviously, as we said, these are Greeks and Romans um, or many Stoics we're looking at, right? From the ancient tradition specifically are Greeks and Romans. So when you look at the Mediterranean diet, which is arguably one of, if not the healthiest diet period, right, it's a very healthy diet, I think. Um, The pyramid starts off with at the bottom, eat with other people, spend time with other people, I think, well, that's definitely a part of it, which I think is cool, right? We're naturally social, eat with others, try not to eat alone. That being said, I know at the top of the pyramid, which is the smallest part, but it's there nonetheless, is a place for sweets, right? As, as they would refer to it. They being whoever made that pyramid, right? Or as they refer to it. Like, so there is a place for wine in the ancient world too. There is a place for sweets, like desserts and stuff. So that should be a part of our lives. That's the maybe more Epicurean. But at the bottom of the pyramid from me with others, which is a necessity and is essential, is like the healthy stuff, right? The vegetables, the fruit, I think nuts also, healthy wheats. I mean, these are all ideas that we can consider from a philosophical standpoint, right? The purpose of food is not only taste pleasure. We can cultivate a lot of other virtues and have a lot of other types of enjoyment with food that isn't just... The enjoyment we get from, let's say, wine or desserts like pastries, cakes, candies, and what have you, right? But again, they do play a role and they are important. So balancing all that out is important. I went on a food rant. I don't know why, but I think I hope that was. I think that made sense. I think that worked. Um, so yeah, think about this excerpt. Think about your relationships to these ideas of being on the road while remaining cheerful while using all the other ideas, too, that we've discussed about discipline, about how to view obstacles, and try to today, right, be relaxed, be energetic, be joyful, and be serious all in one day. So ask yourself, right? how can I make time to relax? How can I create a strategy to get a little energetic? How can I be joyful? And where and how can I practice being serious? Hope this is helpful. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.